Welcome back to Administrative Static. Mark Chenoweth uh, here with you. And I wanted to talk to you about a petition for a writ of certiorari that the New Civil Liberties Alliance uh, filed uh, about a week ago now. And uh, this was uh, uh, this was filed under my name, and I did work on, on this uh, cert petition, but the bulk of the work was done by my colleague, Shang Lee, uh, who's a litigation counsel uh, here at, uh, at NCLA. And the case is Metal Conversion Technologies v. Department of Transportation. And the case, uh, you know, the, the case uh, d- did not, um, uh, you know, initially involve the issue that that came up uh, or that's up in front of the Supreme Court. But as we litigated this issue up to the uh, U.S. Court of Appeals for the uh, for the Eleventh Circuit, uh, there was a question about a statute of limitations issue, a, a, a statutory deadline, really. And the question was, uh, well, let me, let, me, let me take one step back. The Department of Transportation has a, uh, an agency within it called the Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration, PHMSA, which is pronounced as PHMSA uh, here uh, in the Beltway, at least. And, uh, and I think by people in that industry that PHMSA regulates, and the uh, uh, FEMSA was trying to uh, punish our client, Metal Conversion Technologies, but they were using a an agency adjudicator who had been unconstitutionally appointed in order to do that. But Metal Conversion Technologies didn't know that. Uh, we weren't their counsel at the time. The agency didn't disclose the fact that this was uh, an improperly appointed adjudicator. In fact, it wasn't until... NCLA's work in an unrelated case that it came out uh, that DOT admitted that this person was was uh, uh, an unlawfully uh, appointed agency adjudicator, and we know from NCLA's uh, from the from the Lucia case involving NCLA's client, although uh, we were amicus at the Supreme Court in the in the uh, Supreme Court Lucia case, we know that. Uh, the remedy for unconstitutionally appointed uh, agency adjudicator is a new adjudication in front of a properly appointed uh, adjudicator. So, uh, but if you don't know that you have uh, an improperly appointed uh, adjudicator or hearing officer, or uh, it could be an administrative law judge, but here it's more of a hearing officer, then you know how are you supposed to raise that that concern or that complaint? And DOT was all too happy. Uh, to allow our client, Metal Conversion Technologies, to, to go blissfully unaware of the fact that the person that had handed down the civil penalty against them was improperly appointed. Well, eventually, they learned that uh, this person had been uh, improperly appointed and uh, retained the New Civil Liberties Alliance uh, as counsel uh, to pursue a complaint or to pursue relief against the Department of Transportation for failing to disclose the official's improper appointment. And the, the problem from the 11th Circuit standpoint is that there's, a, there's normally a 60-day uh, deadline for seeking judicial review of a civil penalty. And the question is, well, does that 60-day uh, you know, sort of timeline run from when the civil penalty is handed down? Or if you have a situation like this, does the 60-day deadline not start running until metal conversion finds out that the uh, hearing officer was improperly appointed? If the answer is that it runs from the time the civil penalty was handed down and there's nothing you can do about it, then then there's uh, 
you know, then you're out of luck and metal conversion is uh, not going to be able to get any relief for the constitutional violation that it suffered. But if the answer is that it starts running from this uh, later deadline, then, uh, then metal conversion filed in time. Or you could look at it as an equitable tolling situation where a court is allowed to equitably toll the what would have been the earlier deadline uh, due to the malfeasance or shenanigans by the uh, you know by the administrative agency here, and so NCLA has argued for uh, equitably tolling uh, the statute, uh, the statutory deadline here, and when it got up to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eleventh Circuit, the Eleventh Circuit said no. Uh, because there's a federal rule of appellate procedure, and it's federal rule of appellate procedure 26B, uh, and the the gist of of 26B uh, is that um, uh, and uh, is that you can't uh, rebut uh, a deadline. Uh, but if you read 26B, and I I should have it here in front of me, and I don't. But if you read uh, the the text of 26B, you'll find out that they're not talking about statutory deadlines in the federal rule of appellate procedure. They're talking about judicially created deadlines in that rule of procedure. And other courts of appeals have looked at this and have reached a different conclusion from the 11th Circuit. They've decided that that the federal rule of appellate procedure does not preclude equitable tolling. So there is uh, a, a pretty clear circuit split on this question. And so we decided to take this up uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court and file uh, a cert petition and did so on February 9th and, at, and are asking uh, the Supreme Court uh, to look at this question of you know, whether or not Federal Rule of Appellate Procedure 26B precludes equitably tolling a statutory deadline or not, and again, if it does preclude tolling the statutory deadline, then metal conversion, our client, will be out of luck. It will have filed its its uh, concerns about the constitutional violation against it too late, according to that statutory deadline. If it can be equitably tolled, if in other words, if Federal Rule of Appellate Procedure does not preclude it, then presumably the Supreme Court would uh, take this case, decide that it doesn't preclude it, and send it back for additional uh, proceedings, hopefully including. Uh, tolling of that, uh, equitably tolling of that of that deadline, because consider what happens or what would happen here if you can't equitably toll this uh, statutory deadline. You're creating a really strong incentive for agencies to try to get away with violating people's constitutional rights and just running out the clock on them. Right? Do everything you can to not disclose it. To make sure, even if you've had to disclose it in one case. Don't tell anybody else who had cases pending in front of the same adjudicator that, that they would, would benefit from similar relief. Just keep it all to yourself, agency. Don't, don't be honest. Don't be forthcoming with any of the regulated parties that you uh, are overseeing. And instead, just, uh, just pocket that information and let everyone uh, you know, proceed in the dark about their constitutional rights and about the constitutional violations that you have been visiting on them. I don't think that that is the way that agencies should behave, but that is the way that agencies will behave if the federal courts say that all it takes is uh, running out this 60-day uh, deadline and there's no way uh, to equitably uh, toll it. Now, the good news is I think the law is on our side here. And the way that other uh, courts of appeals have looked at this question is to say 
that there is a background presumption in favor of tolling statutory deadlines, and that, what con- and that when, when Congress writes these deadlines, it's writing these statutes against that background presumption that they can be equitably tolled in situations where the equities, the balance of equities uh, calls for that. And certainly here, I think, is a good example of a, of a time when the balance of equities clearly would favor metal conversion uh, versus uh, the Department of Transportation versus FEMSA. And that uh, if you were looking at this from an equitable standpoint, you would allow the statutory deadline to be told and you would allow metal conversion to press its claim that the adjudicator, in its case, lacked a proper appointment um, at the time that that adjudicator uh, issued the civil penalty uh, against um, against metal uh, conversion. So uh, that being the case, and I should say that the uh, the chief safety officer, Harold McMillan, is the person at FEMSA uh, who was not constitutionally appointed, whose appointment is defective, and who was allowed to continue ruled. And even after, I, I, I believe, uh, although I'm not certain on this point, I believe he also knew that he was improperly appointed and continued uh, to serve in this in this capacity, uh, and that's that's problematic. And the federal courts need to be in a position uh, to uh, discipline agencies and discipline hearing officers when they behave in that way, so that there isn't a. a uh, you know, if, if for no other reason, the Supreme Court ought to be interested in enforcing uh, what it held in the Lucia case that that these are const- that you are constitutionally obligated to have a, a, a properly appointed hearing officer and that if you don't have one you get you know you get to have a new hearing and if agencies are getting away with not properly appointing folks then that really uh, you know eviscerates the holding uh, in in Lucia it makes it a, makes it a dead letter so this is in in a way uh, backing up that uh, decision um, but as I say, uh, the 11th Circuit's ruling would prevent equitable tolling of, of not just this statutory filing deadline, but, but all statutory uh, filing deadlines. It reads the Federal Rule of, of Appellate Procedure 26B very broadly, and that conflicts with or conflicts with Supreme Court precedent as well as precedents uh, from, from other circuits. So I think that the court will, will look at this and we'll look at that background presumption in favor of equitable tolling of statutory deadlines. And we'll be interested uh, in this case. Got a nice, got a nice email from a, from a uh, well-regarded uh, Supreme Court uh, litigator who, uh, who shall remain nameless just because I didn't ask him if I could mention his name, but uh, who uh, reached out to us yesterday to say that he thought this was a fantastic cert petition and, uh, and wished us well uh, with it. And so you know, we'll see what, what happens. Again, Shang Lee, my colleague here, uh, uh, worked very hard on this along with Kara Rollins. And so the credit, uh, bulk of the credit goes to them for the good work uh, here. Um, but, but really, uh, the bottom line is that equitable tolling must extend to cases of agency misconduct like this one. Otherwise, federal agencies will be able to dodge accountability for failing to correct appointments defects. And the administrative state will be handed another weapon with which to punish unwitting Americans who fail to see through an agency's carefully concealed constitutional defects. The only reason why the Supreme Court might not grant cert uh, in this case, I think, is that there's another case currently uh, pending in front of it. I think the case is called Harrow, where this 26B issue is not part of the question presented, uh, but it was something that the government brought up in response to that. Uh, And so the court could address the issue there. I don't think it will. I think it will prefer to grant cert in the metal conversion case, and it will keep you posted. Thanks very much for listening to Administrative Static. 